few announcements. Our annual parish festival is next Saturday, August 27th, starting immediately after the 5 p.m. evening mass. Everyone's welcome to come and enjoy an evening of fellowship and a variety of games, food, desserts, a petting zoo, carriage rides, and much more. You can sign up online at the St. Monica Parish website, uh, selecting 2022 Parish Festival, or you can see a representative in the narthex immediately after this Mass. We uh, always do ask you to please indicate if you'll be attending that, especially for food preparation purposes, we need that kind of information uh, to try to provide what we can uh, for a good and a fun parish festival next Saturday, August 27th. On Sunday, September 11th, classes will begin for anyone who has ever thought of becoming Catholic or is curious about the Catholic faith. The right of Christian initiation of adults, goes by RCIA, is an opportunity to learn about the Catholic faith. To learn more about attending RCIA, or if you just have questions about the program, please call the parish office this week and ask for Deacon Pereira. And then finally, just a reminder that the Friday morning Mass in English is now at 7.15 a.m. For the past few weeks, and for one more still, we are hearing in the second reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Two weekends ago, Hebrews chapter 11 provided us with a litany of heroes of the faith passing through Old Testament figures like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses. That litany concludes, however, not with an Old Testament figure, but with the hero who is Jesus Christ, the leader and perfecter of faith, the faithful son of the Father, and the only perfect model to imitate. And more than only a model to imitate, the Lord Jesus is God, the source of our faith, and the Savior whose self-gift on the cross and whose resurrection gives us hope of a glorious reward. Hebrews chapter 12, from which we hear these few weeks, provides three images for our understanding of what the Christian life is like. Last week's image is that surrounded then by so great a cloud of witnesses, those Old Testament heroes of faith, we should have the perspective that Christian life is an endurance race. And so we strive, captures that gospel lesson quite clearly, strive to enter the narrow gate. And so we strive and persevere in running the race, cheered on by the heroes who have gone before us, their support and encouragement being like fans in a stadium surrounding us and urging us on to the finish line. This image and lesson of the endurance race gives us focus and hope. Motivated by a generalized Protestant influence and in some cases even an anti-Catholic bigotry, some will challenge and question and even reject our Catholic appreciation of the communion of saints and the power of inappropriateness of intercessory prayer. That is that we ask the saints to pray for us and we ourselves pray for one another. In the race of faith, we have hope 
because we are not alone. How could one reject the communion of saints and the support of intercessory prayer when the Bible gives us such an image from Hebrews of being surrounded by a great multitude? We Christians run a race of faith in a stadium surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, old and new covenant saints alike, and we're supposed to believe that appeal to the saints and intercession diminishes the role of Jesus? Not at all. The finish line is Jesus himself and his kingdom. He is the one mediator who can bring salvation, yes, but he accepts the involvement of others in this race. Our life with him is that of runners surrounded in a stadium or that of a family, not just a me and Jesus relationship. The focus this image of the endurance race provides us is critical too. Often, we know well, we can admit in our lives, our, in life's struggles and in our weakness and exhaustion, we grow frustrated. The struggles and the weaknesses, those things that cause us frustration, we have to admit they are our own faults and sins. They are the failures, too, of people around us. They are the sins in our secular world and the scandals and sins even within the flock from others in the church. Our reaction to such disappointments and our exasperation just may reveal that we are approaching Christian life as merely a sprint. Can't the race be over, Lord? We want to say in such moments. No, there are still laps to go. And so strive and focus on your running. Remove the things that cling to you. Last week's Hebrews lesson, those things that weigh you down and slow down your pace. Most especially, strive in the endurance race by being healed of sin. The second image from Hebrews chapter 12 gives us the perspective that Christian life is a process of growth toward maturity, a growth and process of maturity that is guided through the discipline administered lovingly from our Heavenly Father. Our sufferings and difficulties are valuable, in other words. We always want to reject them, but they are valuable, valuable for training and holiness. And so we should accept them for the good God can accomplish in us through them. Hebrews gives us this lesson centuries before the modern age and its tendency to award everyone a blue ribbon for participation. Centuries before the chronic allergy to discipline. Now, perhaps our own experience of discipline growing up from parents or other adults can complicate our acceptance of this lesson. Hebrews is not condoning discipline poorly administered. But the lesson we must take from the scriptures is that it is possible and, in fact, valuable to have discipline administered not out of exasperation and annoyance, but out of love. And, in fact, such discipline well administered is an act of love. 
It helps the one disciplined not to give in to lesser things, to shoot and aim for higher. It helps us become the best we can be and avoids settling for urges and lower motivations. The common phrase used in reference to physical activity that we all accept readily without question is true here too in the spiritual marathon of discipleship. No pain, no gain. The third image from Hebrews chapter 12 about Christian life is that it is a joyous liturgical assembly raised aloft on God's holy mountain where we are in the midst of angels and saints in worship of God. We'll hear this image in the coming week. Given this joyful gathering after passing through life's hardships, we are encouraged to strive and not to forfeit our heavenly reward. While, yes, we have much to endure in a long race and much suffering to accept as a sign of God's love for us, we are not engaging and striving for something that is impossible or too far off for us. You see, God himself has brought the finish line, the reward, close to us. We are not going after something too far. It's been brought near. That is one incredible consequence of the incarnation. God has come near to us. He's taken on our flesh. And thus, Jesus is near and remains so. That's, that's our faith with the ascension. He doesn't abandon the resurrected body. It's now in heaven with him, still united to him, united to us. He beckons us to him. The witnesses surrounding us cheer us on. Don't we recognize that? You see, we barely stretch upward to reach our goal before we discover that here is the liturgical participation in the far greater and far more generous movement God makes toward us. We must strive, yes, and use our freedom to cooperate with God's discipline and grace. But the scriptures show us that the gulf between us and God has already been bridged in his generous movement to us in Christ Jesus. It is he, the Lord Jesus, who is our focus, our finish line, our reward. The stadium in this endurance race is filled with cheers and the prayers of saints who have endured, who know how to endure, and to know that with God's grace and the support of their prayers, we too can endure.